Welcome to the GK for Free podcast. In today's episode, we'll be sitting down with Portland Timbers goalkeeper, Steve Clark. Hope you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to GK for Free, um, the internet's source for the best uh, free, valuable goalkeeping content. And I always say that with a smile because that's our goal. Um, maybe not where we're at now, but that's where we're trying to go. Um, so want to thank our sponsor, Aviata Sports, for helping us make this possible. And uh, as always, I'm Hunter Gilstrap, and this is Will Marshall. And we're super, super uh, thankful and fortunate today to be joined by uh, Portland Timbers goalkeeper, Steve Clark. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you? Yeah, very good. By the way, man, I had a, a young goalkeeper who's, um, I suppose it'd probably be my cousin, um, but uh, from from marriage, but he your goalkeeping uh, or goal kick tutorial like that's like one of the biggest questions people always are like signing in my DMs, you know, and, and how do you get goal kicks? It's a difficult one. So I sent him I sent him your um, tutorial, by the way. Whoa! There we go. Wow! There we West go. Coast. Making some real uh, valuable content. I don't know, man, but I don't. That actually is all that valuable. But that's kind of what we're trying to do. We uh you know, short, valuable stuff that actually has, you know, because everything we see out there on the internet, it, it's cool. It's, it's fun to watch. You know what I mean? It's, but it's all in product. It's all guys like you, like all the cool things that you can do, but how'd you get there? You know what I mean? What are the basics? What's all the little stuff you learned along the way uh, to, to be that in product? And, and there's not a lot of that out there. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there looking for a monthly subscription or, you know, download and buy my ebook and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we just kind of don't want to, we want to put the opposite out there. So that's what this is all about. And that's why we're so pumped up that you're here um, to share a little bit of your story and kind of some of your, you know, stuff that makes you the goalkeeper that you are. Um, I, I think I sent over and said that I would give a little bit of your background, but then I was like, that's stupid. Why would I do that? Like, if you don't mind, would you give us kind of the, uh, you know, the five minute, 10 minute version of kind of your, snapshot of your story kind of going from a youth goalkeeper to, to where you're at now um and, and if you want to go into more detail that's fine this is, this is this is your show right now so um just as a place to start so I, I think most everybody knows who you are but just so we have a little bit of background before we get into the sure. some of the details and it's it's you know the, with technology the way it is these days i mean I, I remember when i was in high school i was like you know Websites first became a thing and I was Google, you know, you Google goalkeeping and there was one site that basically had pictures. And I just remember like staring at goalkeepers making extension saves. You know, that was all we had, you know. So now with the resources available, like it's pretty cool what you're doing. Um, but my background, okay, so yeah, my name's Steve Clark. Um, I'm a 13, 14 year pro. I, I went to Oakland University. Um, and my story is basically like I, I really wasn't, uh, I didn't kind of step up to, to like academy or you know, at that time, like, you know, Vardar and Wolves, it was, you know, I played for Vardar, but um, I didn't do that till I was 16. So I was a little bit of late bloomer. Um, and then I walked on to Oakland. I had, I had one offer from Cincinnati, but Oakland was really like a goalkeeper you at that point. And um, yeah. Eric Pogue was, was kind of like, I, I just had a real gut feeling at a young age, like, okay, like this is the spot to be there. And Jeff Weesey was kind of the, the, the starter there. And he was like, look, I wanted to be him. You know, he, he had, he was very, very good. And I just, was like, look, look, I'm going to go there. I'm going to learn. So I, 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 I walked on and redshirted. And then I sat my second year in college too. I, I mean, I sat behind Jeff and 
it was really a cool time because like I, I, I partnered with him. I was like, basically like, tell me what to do. Like, I'm going to follow this guy. In fact, I modeled my, it's funny. I modeled my set position after him. Like I just was like a copycat. And I think that for young goalkeepers, like, you know, modeling yourself after goalkeepers that you can train with is like, and so I did that. I, I then, before I even played a college game, I, I, um, I won a national championship with the Michigan Bucks. So that was, that was pretty unique. And then I had my, um, and I played Oakland for three years. Um, and the challenges didn't keep, didn't keep, didn't stop. You know, I, I didn't make the MLS combine, which was really difficult. I didn't get picked up. I went on trial in Norway, didn't get a contract and then Salt Lake city, um, Real Salt Lake back when they, right before they won the whole, um, a couple of years before they won the whole thing in 2009, I, I was on trial there for like six weeks back to when the MLS preseason was, was very long. And then I, um, I didn't get a contract there. I went back to the PDL. Uh, backpacked through Europe that December and signed in Norway, played there for four years. Um, you know, one basically like their a TV station goalkeeper of the year, best 11. We promoted my first year playing. Um, and then my last year we relegated, I came back to the MLS. Um, I played for Columbus Crew uh, for three years and, um, you know, had a great run with Columbus. We, 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 we fell short in the final. Um, then uh, I went to Denmark in 2017 for six months. And then I was looking to kind of, I wanted to play in mainland Europe. That was my, that was my big goal. I played in Scandinavia. So yeah. I was really, I signed a six month deal in Denmark and I was hoping to go to Germany and I had all these looks in Belgium and that was my main goal. And that didn't happen. It's just so difficult for American goalkeepers abroad. And so I went back to DC and then a year in DC, August to August, then I've been in Portland um, and a great run in Portland when the MLS is back. We went to the MLS cup in 2018. Um, and, and feeling, and more than that, like a, a, a student of the game, uh, you know, I, I, I love development. I'm, I'm somebody who like just loves to get better at things. I'm currently playing a lot of chess and let me tell you, <laughs> online chess, the level of online chess is so high, like <laughs> constantly, but I'm going to learn, like, I, I just like learning. Goalkeeping is, uh, you know, it's just a, like, it's, 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 it's incredible for it's a critical position you know it's like we have, so I, i'm really like a student and i love that aspect man that's so cool uh you did that way better than i would have been able to do it uh, I, I think i had everything in there and i would have mentioned it but you know why not hear from you and um what a cool story um you know evan bush is a good buddy of mine and we did one of these with evan you yeah. know in the fall and you know i think your story evan's story they're kind of similar you know what i mean you had to really kind of fight and grind and 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 really earned every opportunity that you got. And, you know, he touched on the fact that anymore, there's, there's not as many guys out there with that kind of story. And so that was why, you know, I've kind of become a little bit of a Steve Clark fanboy, and I'll touch on that in a minute, but um, like, that's why I wanted to reach out to you. That's why I wanted you in here to, to kind of tell your story, because I think that resonates you know, the kids that I want to connect with, those out there that don't have the huge opportunities that aren't in the MLS academies that, you know, aren't youth national team players, because look awesome for those guys that have earned those opportunities at young, young age. But just because there's not as many guys around like you and Evan anymore, there's still that path. And, and we, I want to continue to try to find a way to light that fire in those guys. It's, and I kind of got dropped into Western Pennsylvania and I came here in 2010 and it's kind of this black hole for youth soccer development. And there, there's so many kids that have talent that kind of get looked over and don't get the opportunity. And so, you know, that's just kind of what we're doing here. So 
Um, I just want to give a quick sort of anecdotal story about kind of how we met the first time. And uh, uh, yeah. I, I was a little wary to kind of go here and I want to make sure I ran by you first because, yeah. you know, it, it's, a, it's more of a funny story than anything else. But, you know, if anything, I'll kind of preempt it with, I think it really kind of speaks to your, you know, your competitive nature, which is something I want to talk about later and which is such a huge, you know, important attribute to have if you really want to be successful in sport or in anything but uh we ran together the first time during your time in college when you were on that super successful michigan bucks pdl team it was just loaded with talent and like you said you guys won an mls or a usl championship or sorry a pdl championship uh and then i think you guys went on three open cup Berlin city stars which were a usl minor league team in cleveland and um so we had to go play you guys in the Open Cup. And for those out there that don't know what the Open Cup is, it's the it's the one tournament in, in U.S. soccer where teams from every level get a chance to make it to play the, you know, the MLS teams at the end of the at the end of the tournament to kind of see who's who's really the best team in the country. So we're going in to play a college team. Uh, not I mean, Michigan Bucks are a little bit unique. Probably what would you say the makeup was probably like 75, 25 college guys. And then it's kind of a handful of yeah, like, pros, more or less. Yeah, really good. And we and we were, you know, we were we were a, a quite a good team. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I, you know, I want to purpose too is like I, I, you know, one of the reasons why, like, when I, I, I wonder if we'll talk about that. You brought it up because, you know, Hunter, like being a you know just from knowing you from afar is like character building and like not only goalkeeping but who you are as a person. And and I think that that's so important in youth development. Um, and this story is is I think. It's it's not necessarily a goalkeeping story, but it's it's a character and and um, humility story for my sake. So do you mind if I just tell it? Man, or? yeah, go for it. You you go for it. No, I'd I, love to hear really, it for you. I'm really glad to tell it. I'm really glad to tell it, even though it's not a, it's not a great look for me. But so um, <laughs> we play in the Open Cup, and um, we we I, I believe we ended up beating. No, I think us, we won. Right? Or I actually I don't remember. You might, maybe you did beat us because I don't remember any Open Cup games after that last year. So I guess you guys did beat. Us. Or, or or whatever. But anyways. A player on your team wound me up and a little trash talking and, and then we were going through the handshake line and I and I took that out of you and I and I said some unfortunate things. And you know, and, and from from a goalkeeping standpoint. Well no, 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 let me get let me interrupt too, because I, I we did I think we did win because we played Chicago after that and got smoked. Yeah, okay. Um but but I gave up I think I gave up a goal that was like, you know, viewed as a as a goalkeeping error. I got a back pass and had no composure with the ball at my feet, you know, old school generation goalkeeper sure. in danger, clear and um, bouncy bad back pass getting run down by the big, I think Kenny was his name. Yeah. So I just, I just smashed as hard as I could right into him and he runs it in for a tap in. So that, I think that was, there was some context there, right? But that, that was kind of what you brought back up and mentioned. And, right. Um, and that, yeah, that, that, that's, that's correct. And, uh, <laughs> That's a, that's a re really, uh, you know, crappy thing to do. And, and it's something, you know, my, my story as well, like, you know, when I talk about goalkeeping development, like my competitiveness would go over to the red line often, you know, I, I was a temperamental guy and, you know, I thought being competitive meant, you know, the extra onto that, which, which I've had to unlearn, you know, and, um, you know, there, there's something to be said about passion. There's something to be said about competitiveness, but, you know, I let that go into an area for me 
Um, and then even, you know, even further on in my career, like that poked its head out a few times. So it's like, I'm glad that that is not the case anymore. And I'm, I'm certainly not that type of person. And then, you know, you came to train in 2016 with uh, the Columbus crew. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last year I played my, my old man days. I'm so glad to see you because then I just immediately first know what happened in 2007, you know, this was, you know, what, nine years later, I hadn't forgotten. I just said, look, I'm really sorry. That's not who I am anymore. It's not something that I'm about, and I haven't forgot. I'm really glad that I take the opportunity to apologize. And man, that I can't tell you how that resonated with me, because um, like after that incident or whatever, like you know, I, I and I and you know, I was a young guy too. But at the same time, like I was like, whatever, like I get it. Like it's it's the heat of the moment. So it wasn't that I was, you know, oh, I don't like Steve Clark, but I was a little bit like, oh, that guy. You know what I mean? And then, but. But because of that, you were you were on my radar, like, and I and I really followed what you were doing, and and I had gone on a on a trial run in Norway, and I guess after that season, after that '08 season, um, and so then when I kind of saw that you'd gone over there and you gotten picked up by a team that I actually went on trial with, um, Hennepis, uh, you know, I paid even more attention, and and seeing you kind of go kill it over there and really make a name yourself and and then you know knock on an MLS doors again and get over here and really have a you know start to really perform and, and establish yourself as a top goalkeeper in the United States right it was only that you know then when you had that moment on that day of being like hey man you know I'm not that wasn't cool to me like that resonated with me and I was like this guy is the real deal and at that moment I just became a super Steve Clark fan and ever since I've been like um that'll get into what we talk about next but like there's a handful of guys that like when I'm working with youth kids I'm like you need to pay attention to this guy you need to watch him you need to watch how he does this this and that and so I've got a few a few things and most of it is is their approach to the game and it's their the way that they play more than what they do you know what I mean and and so that's just you know not not too much here or there but kind of wanted to give that little context and backstory and, and again just super thankful for you to come here and, and even be willing to share that. I think that just speaks to your, to your character and, and kind of what you're all about. Well, definitely. And, and you know, look, I, I'm not, I, you know, when, when you talk about players who, you know, kind of are like me and they, and they have, and you probably coach some guys who like, you know, they tend to be aggressive. Like I'm going to, I'm naturally an aggressive person. Uh, that That's a really positive thing. And, you know, as men and, 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 and certainly someone who's, you know, faithful, trying to live a Christian life, like, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to grow. And I'm glad to share that publicly and say that like, look, bettering yourself is part of being a good goalkeeper. In my opinion, you can't really separate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Willie, I know that you, we, I didn't try to tell you that story. I told you we were going to talk about something or was that better or worse than what you were expecting? Uh, I don't know. I think it was on par. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I knew there, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, who knows what to expect, but, uh, no, I mean, it's a, it's a good story. I mean, like, you know, that stuff happens. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, heat of the moment in competition, level of intensity, like, yeah. You know, We've all been there. Every, everyone can connect and relate to that. Um, yeah, yeah. We haven't really done intros necessarily, but uh, Will, this is Steve. Uh, Will's a kid that I – not a kid's not fair. He's a grown man now. But he, he's, yeah. I worked with yeah. him since he was a uh, you know, youth goalkeeper and then through his college career, and now he's here in town coaching with us uh, in Pittsburgh. And he's going to actually be working with the pro team goalkeepers here with the Riverhounds this year. Um, Is he so announcement? I should have done. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm going to this. But, um, yeah. 
if they did, they are, they, they earn the fact to hear that, but yeah. Uh, true. So Steve, the, the biggest thing that I kind of want to talk about from a uh, technical, we always try to have like one sort of technical piece, you know sure. what I mean? Kind of about the position that actually is going to give some good quality um, information to these young keepers. And, and you, I'm sure you've noticed just like everyone else, like, especially Instagram, you know, it's full of all these goalkeeping clips and, and there's, there's been this big style shift towards, you know, big extended blocking shapes. Um, and, and I've been kind of public, not publicly, cause who knows how many people pay attention, but openly in, in our little audience kind of critical to a, the way a lot of goalkeepers approach that. And, and it's something that I used as a player and, um, and I, and I think can be a very, a really valuable tool, but I, I honestly think there's very few, that use it in a really effective way. Um, and oftentimes will give themselves up too early. They'll go into that spread shape where there's still a lot of distance between them and the attacker, and they won't give themselves a chance to be, you know, a goalkeeper. Um, so, you know, I think you're just like a couple things here with this, that, that you are just so effective with is one, your, your flexibility. You've obviously taken a ton of time uh, off the field to become super flexible so that, you don't leave spaces where most goalkeepers leave spaces when they go into this shape. And specifically, I mean, like between your feet, through your legs, right? You do a fantastic job taking that space away. Plus you're able to spread yourself extra wide. And then, you know, the timing aspect of it. So uh, I think what I'd love to hear and what would be super helpful for our audience is just, you know, not even just specific to blocking shapes, but just kind of what's your approach to 1v1 place or your personal I don't know if you want to call it a philosophy um, and then kind of what are some, some cues you look for and, and that sort of guide your decision-making in those moments. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw that little bit of discussion you had, I'll send you a clip because like I do, I do like a really non-traditional one a lot now where it's like a neat, it's like a, goal, a hockey knee save, like a sliding knee save. And it's like, I, sometimes you don't have enough time to get the, even the knee down for the blocking save that, yeah. that I think about. So for me, um, 1v1 in that, you know, I've heard it called the starfish or the spider. I mean, sometimes I call it the spider save. It's timing, you know, it's it's complete timing. And, and you know, the best one I ever made was in Toronto in 2016. Like, I probably, you know, I had the timing so well, I probably jumped five yards. Your timing's right. But when you see guys get beat with that, their timing's very poor, you know. And I think we've all gone in, and every goalkeeper would probably be guilty of just being in a 1v1 situation and you're kind of panic and you end up, going too early and you make it easy. But I think there's a lot of drills that you can do that, that are just timing based and timing is, you know, the, probably the least talked about thing for goalkeeping development. And it's probably the most important thing with crossing your set. Yeah. Set you know, timing for sure. I mean, timing is, is really everything. Um, I spent a lot of time when I was early in my career, uh, when I went to Norway, specifically probably the first two years, it was more prevalent over there. Like that was kind of a big save. I didn't have it. And I just kind of like became obsessed. Like, and it started where I wasn't kicking out into the splits because I didn't have the timing yet. I was kind of doing like a half one with my chest out. Yeah. And it eventually just clicked where it became kind of a staple of my game where I'm just doing this, you know, um, this sprawl save. And I think when, when I first got in MLS, I don't think there was anybody really doing it. And I started kind of doing that little, that, that, um, yeah, more typical European save. Um, and now it's like funny last year, for whatever reason, maybe my timing was a little off. Maybe the guys were so good in one, one, I didn't do one. Yeah. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up 
you know, so it's like, I think there's times where you get connected in and somebody makes that touch and there's the distance and you just go. Yeah. And then there's other times where I try not to go down early. So there's some times where maybe I could have, and I would have made the save anyways, but I stay up, stay up. And there was, there wasn't opportunities to, to, there wasn't that time to make myself into that save. Yeah. So, so would you say that, you know, where we're sort of the traditional approach is maybe, you know, big touch, right. Preparing to shoot. You'll still would, would you opt to go stay up? and spread or go down and get your hands on the ball kind of sideways are you one or the other or is it situational still well i think that the one thing if it's that bad of touch i'm going to go with my hands but yeah. that doesn't that probably happens more in youth soccer yeah. than the pro number Absolutely. one is, but then if i'm even a little later and i can get down into the sprawl i'm going to do the sprawl and that's basically like the same time you do it at the same time um and then if you, there's even the worst step back where you can't then i'm going to probably do that this like knee slide save that I'll send you a video and if there's no that then I don't have time for that then I'm gonna stand up and just make myself big yeah. so that's probably the progression okay for me. that's helpful um so you already kind of talked about you you see that the biggest error you know and keepers that aren't effective with this is typically their timing yeah. um what you know if you had you know a young guy coming in to train with you guys that was really struggling with that and like you were going to give him a tip kind of put your arm around how would you how would you communicate that with him you know in a moment you know maybe try this maybe try that like well I think that uh, the first thing would be like look it's 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 going to take time you know like there's got you know the more reps the better it's going to you know I never, that's always like I remember hearing that as a younger goalie and being like dude that's not helping me you know like I want yeah. to answer, but that that's the that, that's kind of the answer it's like the more you do it being like okay it's the ball, you know, like the, is the ball on his foot and if it's even on his foot can he shoot because I, if I know now if, if the ball is not in a area where a guy unless he's going to flick it with the outside of his foot which is really rare in the heat of the game I'm going to still come forward you know so right. there's all these little all these nuanced details that you can go over like okay when is it safe to close ground and when is yeah. it not yeah and and one thing that I'm a big um, a proponent of is uh is um you know, edu you know, being smart, you know, if you, if you show me the smartest goalkeeper, I'm, you're probably going to show me like one of the better goalkeepers, you know, and there, and that's not to the case. There are some guys who just like, don't think the game and they're just naturally good. That's not me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ignorance is bliss and <laughs> maybe with the pressure, but um, for me, I try to be the smartest player on the field. That's, that's a big goal of mine. Yeah. Yeah. So looking for opportunities when you can steal ground, when you can almost surprise the attacker. And if not, trying to stay balanced and give yourself less chance to react in another in, in following this discussion as well it's like where's your where's your center back how much is he closing you know is he closing because if he's closing maybe it's better not even to come out and make the guy shoot from the yeah. 18 i mean how many times do we see a goalkeeper come out and they're they're in they don't need to they could make the save if they're on their line you know those right. type of decisions are so important you know i think there was one against barco against atlanta united in 2019 where I, I timed him really well. It, was, it looked like a difficult one of the save you're talking about, but it wasn't difficult because I had people closing and mm -hmm. his, touch, his touch was only he had one shot to shoot and I was there. Right. Yeah. All these things that, you know, it becomes complicated, but it can be a discussion of like, all right, cool. Like this is the clip. This is the involvement. Where was the center back? You know, where's the pressure? You know, what was your decision? And then going, working from there. Okay.
Yeah, man, that's good. Will, Will, do you have anything uh, specific to that? For me, like, you know, I think, you know, my later years at Pitt, we were kind of instructed as keepers to start thinking about the game that way. And that was something that I had never run into in my youth career at all. And even in the first two years of college. And then, you know, now, you know, just from a coaching perspective, I mean, it's something that I, you know, once it kind of was introduced to me, it's something that I'm looking at all the time, you know, like those little cues as to, you know, is there pressure here? Can I, do I need to go or can I stay deep or, you know, you know, whatever. And there's so many of them. And it's just a matter of just continually watching those, those little details. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's good. Uh, and, and the biggest thing that we, I think we were, the biggest problem in, in, from a youth development perspective, I think that we continually run into is, you know, when is, is can we get the, our players smart enough to kind of look to solve problems and to, and that's kind of a hard thing to teach. And um, we've kind of been, trying to spitball ideas and come up with sort of a framework for teaching that. But I think you've kind of hit on, you know, the, the, the important piece of this, which is um, the reps, you know, the experience. So um, that's great, man. That's super helpful. Um, let's, let's transition into, we talked about a little bit before your competitiveness, because I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's, you can feel that I was, you know, I always felt like I was kind of an emotional player to a fault you know what I mean I got too up and only kind of figured out towards the last few years of my career that I, I was much better heading into a game if I kind of had calmed myself down and all of my prep to the game and my warm-up was calming and kind of bringing myself back down because I would naturally hype up so much that if I hyped up before and, and the whistle was blowing then I'm just that much more hyped which probably means I'm you know less close to the headspace I want to be in and, and especially in stressful moments so um, you know, Will, why don't you kind of take it from here for the, for this one? Um, yeah, so, I mean, we kind of already touched on your competitive edge and like the, like the, uh, intensity that you bring. Um, what would you attribute that to? Like, I mean, is there, is that something that you've always had or are there some events, I don't know, maybe as you've played as a keeper that you can kind of, I don't know, certain catalysts for, for that? factor that you bring yeah um well i think that i mean i would echo what you know hunter said as far as um you know i've, I've been more i've calmed more i'm you know more successful in my elder years being calm but when i was younger i, I don't i don't have a high attention span you know i can be but i have a very powerful brain that can focus in certain moments but when I was younger, I mean, it became very clear that I would make a great save. And then two minutes later, I, I would be looking in the stands, you know, goalkeeping is a, a real journey of the mind. And so one way through that was just to be extremely intense all the time. And it became that I equated success with that type of intensity because you can get results that way, you know, and, and also um, I had a goalkeeper trainer at Hope College do a camp and like, he was very good and he kind of was like, look, this is the way I've done it. And it, the pressure training aspect, like, I really bought into that and it became, um, you know, every training was, it was a serious affair. And, and, and I think that there's something to be said about that. And it, you know, I don't know, I've heard that the youth game is getting less and less competitive and, and I don't, I don't work in youth sports anymore, but that's, that's disappointing. You know, if anything, we may not have been the most technically and advanced group of guys, but we were, we were ready to fight it. You know, we were ready to play. We wanted, we wanted to bring, 
you know, intensity at a young age to the game. Um, and I think that's a, you can't really play soccer in my opinion without that on match day at least. Yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, that we, we struggle with that with our youth keepers in our academy every day. Like, we, you know, how do we create in them that this intensity, this competitive edge? And you can make the drills competitive, but it is a different time. And I don't have an answer for that necessarily. Yeah. So let's do um, – this is specific to you, Steve, specific to your experience. I, I know I've, I've grown to know your college coach, Eric Pogue, a little bit over the, over the last five or six years. And um, – sure. He has developed a real reputation for, you know, developing goalkeepers there in Oakland. Um, you know, kind of what's, what's the secret sauce? What's the magic? What's in the water there in Oakland? Yeah, it's great. I mean, really, it's, it would be, you'd have to say it's, I think first and foremost, he has a good eye to pick a good goalkeeper. You know, I wasn't very highly recruited at all, you know, and, um, and, and, and then I think once you set a culture of, that, that culture starts perpetuating, you know, it starts, it's, it's, you know, it becomes its own machine after Mitch Hildebrandt, myself, Sean Lewis, uh, you know, and then like Jeff Weesey, you know, these are, these are, these are, you know, Jeff was very good. And even guys who didn't even play were incredible. Like, that's the thing, you know, there was good goalkeepers who didn't play. Um, so um, that Eric Pope's idea about goalkeeping was really footwork based. Yeah. And it really, I think it was super, important for my style of goalkeeping you know i'm about six foot one six foot and a half like so being fast in four goalkeepers and and we did a lot of that and it was like we all took to that type of training um he did a really good job i think of finding the mentality of, of goalkeeper that he wanted that he wanted to mold guys who like myself like mitch um and um sean that are Sean's calmer than all of us, you know. <laughs> John Lewis at Pulse is a little bit, <laughs> a little bit calmer, but he still has it. Like he did, he did a really good job of that, and he he deserves credit. And he, you know, we're really close. He's like probably one of my closest friends now. So, um, you know, I'm really grateful for him. And uh, you know, and now he's he was a head coach, so I think he's finding his way back into doing the goalkeeping again. And, yeah. and that, I'm really stoked for him. So, that's cool, man. That's awesome. He and you know, I've had handful of interactions with him over the last few years and it seems like really good guy really a guy that's always got time for you it's always going to remember you and you know remember that last conversation you had and um and always interested you know what I mean always interested in what you're doing what you're doing next and you know can't say enough uh Steve what would you say is the hardest thing about being a number one? Oh man there's a lot of hard things um you know You know, I mean, look, you, you just, I mean, this is a simple answer, but it's the truth. You know, you just have to perform, you know, the, the most important day of the week is game, game day. That's another thing that was, you know, I used to train like every day was, was a, you know, the, the MLS cup. And now I, I just put all the ingredients in the soil to make a good, you know, produce a good fruit on match day, you know, and, and the most important time is the 90 minutes of the game, you know, and, um, you know, I think in youth sports, it's a little different because you're trying to treat training habits and, and, you know, the transition to being a pro is like, look, like I'm paid to play on match day and I need to do everything in the week to perform those 90 minutes. And I mean, everything. And um, so you just got to bring it every, I mean, as a number one, and I'm, you know, it's been this way for me, I've been lucky to play a lot in my career that, you know, people want your job. 
that's just the reality, you know? And then once you get make more money, the club wants, you know, to bring in a young guy. And there's always guys coming, you know, there's always the battle, the competition battles. Um, so the, the pressure to perform is there and um, you, you kind of are swink or swim with that, sink or swim. And, you know, I, I've been lucky to be able to handle that and, and do quite well. Yeah, I think there's, there's also something we, we always talk about here with some of the other guys that, you know, played here with the, with the club Pittsburgh Riverhounds in town and then are, are now in the youth system. You know, there's a lot of good number twos, you know what I mean? And a lot of number twos out there that can bring it and be really good in training every single day. But, you know, and they want to be number one, right, until they get that opportunity, right? And then it's a whole different ball game. So, so maybe kind of spinning off that, like, if you're a guy who, who has gotten to a good level, maybe it's college, maybe it's pro, uh, and you're a number two, right? And you're, you're eager for that job. There's nothing you can really do to prepare yourself for what it's actually like to be the number one, to be that guy that's being relied on. You know, what, what would you say is sort of that, is there anything that can prepare the guy, anything that he can keep in mind or he can keep in mind that she's sort of working towards that? It's a great question. And, uh, you know, I think that being number two, a, a number two is very mentally difficult for, for people's confidence. And, um, so, I, I mean, I think that, you know, when I, when I wasn't playing in DC and Portland for a little while, like in my mind, it was just a matter of time, you know, that it, there was no, you know, and I think that you come up, well, what if the coach doesn't play me? Like I had to accept like, yeah, maybe, maybe this is, my chance is not going to come, but if it does come, that's it, you know, that, that's it. Yeah. So when, when I was in that situation, it just, I was, you, you have to almost become obsessed with the fact that when it's your time, I, I, I wish to, I'm going I'm to succeed, you know, and to piggyback off the question of competitiveness, you know, you know, there's a lot of people that misunderstand competitiveness. There's a lot of people that see somebody, if they miss a golf shot, they throw a golf club or that, you know, they, they lose in ping pong or something and they're getting upset. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe you're competitive. Maybe you're not. When we talk about competitiveness, don't, I don't want to see it on a Tuesday in five V five. Yeah. Maybe you're competitive. You want to win in training, but what are you doing when, when, you know, on match day or in, in, in the playoffs, like, and, and for me, it's, it's been super important to me that I, I have, I almost crave it in a way where like, I want to figure out if I'm better than this guy. Like, and, and I think maybe I want to find out, like, I want to know, like training with, you know, the best in the country for me, if it was an individual sport, like I would be like, let's, let's go tomorrow yeah. or, or the day after that. I want to know, let's go, you know? So that to me is, when, when you're a number two to keep that mentality, but also supporting the team, I think is important. Yeah. And that's a hard, that's a fine line to, to walk, you know, that being, being a good teammate, being sport, even being sport of other goalkeeper, like in college and before that, I feel like I, I didn't have the best relationship with the, with the other goalkeepers. So competitive and almost, I felt like kind of, you know, like we were kind of pitted against each other by the staff to, sure. you know, who's dog in the fight, who's going to win. And, and that really worked well to push me to get to a new level, but didn't work for the relationships I had with those guys and, you know, have sort of patched that up a little bit now that we're all adults, but completely different than the guys I played with, you know, at the pro level. I, I think maybe it's just a maturity thing. Maybe it's, you know, something about a certain level and then you're just kind of able to have a little more respect for, you know, the guy ahead of you or the guy behind you. But, you know, that it's such a, and I think a big theme with all this stuff is this emotional maturity required. If you really want to be able to succeed at this position, right? Cause there's, you know, I mean, we can do 10 podcasts on all the different, all the ways this position is going to affect you emotionally. And 
you know, at the end of the day, we do need kind of need each other as well. And, you know, finding a way to be able to push the guy next to you that you're working with every day and, and maybe flirt with that line or cross that line from time to time of what's appropriate or not, but also being able to be there and support him and, and the rest of your teammates is really hard. You know, that's hard to do. And, uh, and there's a reason that some are able to do it and some aren't. It is very hard. There's nothing really, it is difficult. And, you know, it's a great catalyst for personal growth. If you can face it, you know, face these type of things with character and humility, like goalkeeping is a beautiful position to play for any young person. You know, it's, it's, a, Absolutely. it's, a, it's just a character building machine. And, um, or, you know, you can probably turn out to be a real dickhead. I'm sure. You know, <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I, I, I hope to have gone the route of compassion and, and, and character, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I feel like I've dealt with less dickheads down the road <laughs> than I did earlier on. The dickheads don't seem to, to make it quite as far. Either, right. They either yeah. get to the very top or they don't make it at all. Well so, said. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of getting – Will, you can spitball one if there's anything else popping in your head, but I want to make sure we talk about um, this last one because it's super relevant to our, you know, our audience and our, the kids we work with in our academy. And um, we actually have a, a goalkeeper in our academy who, who moved uh, to Pittsburgh from Portland for a senior year of high school, poor kid. And, uh, and uh, it came into our academy. Um, and obviously his favorite goalkeeper is Steve Clark. So when I told him that here, do it, we were going to do this, he got really excited about it. And I said, all right, well, Luca, if you could pick kind of one thing that you wanted to, to ask Steve, what would that be? And he said, uh, you know, he's about, he's a, he's a senior in high school and I think he'll have some good opportunities to play at a good level in college and, and maybe beyond, I don't know. But um, he really wanted to know kind of what's the biggest adjustment you had to make from high school to college. And then after that, you know, talk about the same thing when going from college to the pros. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that when I, when I look at my journey from the high school to college and college to pros, both of them were just big jumps for me. You know, I just wasn't ready. You know, I just was not ready at both, either one. Um, so it's been difficult to pinpoint one aspect, but the way I want to answer this question is that like, you know, it's, I think that it's very important, you know, we don't, we don't get a lot of things to really commit to or be great at and, and life is short. It's like, what do we want to do? You know? And like, I would ask, what's his name again? Luca. I would say Luca, like, if you're going to try to be a, be a, be a goalkeeper, like, why not do it to the best of your ability to the point where like, you, you know, I don't want to use the word obsessed or unhealthy, but this is everything that you're doing. You're doing everything you can. You know what? I, I literally, my, my, a big, my life revolved around waking up and trying to get better as a goalkeeper for 20 years. And that's not, I don't say that lightly. I say that like seriously, you know, I, I sacrificed trips and have I gotten better? Should I watch film? And it wasn't that I was something that was hard for me to do. It was just yeah. a way of living, you know? And like, that's the only reason I'm 34 and getting better. I'm still waking up. It's just a way of being. And I, and I would say that like, what is that what Luca you want to be? Like, you can do that. That's in your, 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 your area of control, which in, we don't have a lot of control in life. You know, if you really come down to what are you controlling? And I just chose to live my life in a way it's like, look, like tomorrow I get a day off, Sunday I get off, but Monday it's, I'm going back. How can I get better? You know, what is it? What aspect? And that's what I do. Oh, baby. This, that's... This, <laughs> was getting pumped up. Yeah. Uh, well, if you have something to ask, you can ask. I have, 
you know, I, I think I have one real specific one that I want to ask. It just popped in my head and then I'll let Will kind of wrap us oh. up here. Um, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Whatever you're just. How many times, Steve, did, did somebody say no? Did somebody close the door in your face, right? Did, you know what I mean? Like, how many times? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't have a number, you know? I don't have a number, you know? Yeah. And that's a, oh gosh, it's such a great question. And that, look, my wife and I talk about this a lot. The capacity for dis being disappointed has to be huge. You know, when you're do, going about a task, you have to have the capacity to be disappointed. You know, it's like, I can take a deep blow to my career and I've taken them. You know, if you follow me, the MLS Cup in 2015 was just super difficult mistake I made, you know. You know, I didn't get recruited by Michigan State. That's still to this day, like, I just want to destroy Michigan State soccer. <laughs> but, you know, like I'll never, you know, I'll never forgive them or forget that. That's just the reality. It's just, I'll never forget that, you know, or forgive them for not recruiting me. And, you know, that, that ability to say, okay, look, I may not be where I want to be today, but I'm going to be there down the line is just so important. Like, you know, when you're like, Hey, Steve, are you going to be the number one on the national team at 34 right now? People would look at me like crazy. No, I'm not today, but do I have a chance in six months? Yes. Do I even have a better chance in six more months? Yes. Am I running out of time? Yes. But there doesn't mean in my mind, it, there's still an opportunity here, you know, Absolutely. And, it, and I have the capacity if I never reach those goals to be like, look, I fell short of what I think I was ultimately capable of doing, but I did a pretty good job anyways. Yeah, absolutely, man. That resonates so much with me. I mean, I, you know, it's easy. I knocked on that MLS door a few times. You know what I mean? I had my stint with, with Toronto in a, in a preseason camp in, in 2010, and I, it didn't happen. And I, and I always thought that it was going to. If you'd asked me when I was playing, I would have been – I could look you in the eyes and say, I'm 100% sure that I'm going to be a starting MLS goalkeeper, and I'm 100% sure after that that I'm going to get into the national team camp. It didn't happen. I don't have a regret that it didn't happen because I knew that every day that I was playing, I was – pouring everything that I could control into trying to make that happen. So there's, there's no, there's nothing to be afraid of in that sort of pursuit. There's nothing to fear. You know what I mean? The failure just becomes catalyst. I, I, I think that's so wise and it's so valuable because in the end, the journey of that, and it's almost cliche, the journey, you know, yeah, yeah I yeah. want to be this, I want to be that, but that you get so much wisdom and value from that. And even when you want to talk about struggle, like I've struggled in my game to develop in certain areas. I don't want to really get into details, but I've struggled deeply in some parts of my game. And, you know, there's, there's years of work that's gone into this stuff. But what I got from that struggle is that I can, I have a knowledge of goalkeeping technical ability that I think is just extremely high because I had to take apart my game and I had to put it back together. And, you know, when you're talking about coaching young kids and you didn't reach that goal, well, you probably know your game a lot better than if you would have just had streamlined success sure. in, the game, in goalkeeping. And so there's always life, I think, that's like an iceberg where you see the little tip and there's all this stuff underneath. It's so much more wisdom and value that I believe we don't really understand that, that's so important that you get from, from attempting a goal, you know, and you talk about the youth today. It's like people don't want to put, put themselves out there because of Instagram and it's, it's a real world of, you know, I think putting yourself out there is not what it used to be. And I, and I hope the sure. kids do that. You know, I put myself out there all the time, you know, all the time. Yeah. Well, Will, what you got? Anything else, anything else for Steve? 
No, I don't have anything. I mean, I thought that was all that was great. I mean, awesome insight. I mean, you had me ready to run through a wall there for a second. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's stuff that, I mean, I think about all the time and, you know, like talking about the, the journey and the struggle. And, you know, regardless of what path you're on, be it as an MLS keeper or as someone who's, you know, in business or whatever. I mean, in life, like it's all, you know, across the board, the same stuff. You know, it's yep. just you apply it in different ways. And so now it's super cool to hear. Yeah. I love, and I love keeping Will around. Like, obviously he, he, he knows the inside of my brain, you know, probably similar way you feel about like coaches you worked with for a long time, or he, you know, I know that he can go out and recreate a session and, and get the objectives accomplished. I want, maybe if he doesn't do it the way that I do it, but I really like keeping Will around because, uh, you know, he represents this, you know, and I hate to always go here with Will because, like, I don't want to be like, Will, you represent all the short goalkeepers in the world, but, you know. I mean. Will, how tall are you? I, I do this every time. Well, uh, He's probably going to start I'm, hating me for it. I'm, I'm five, seven and three quarters, to be specific. Yeah, yeah, and, and had and overcame so many obstacles and barriers, you know what I mean? It had to be so much better at everything else because of that to get to the place that he got to in his career. Like, sure. and that's what I want this to be all about. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and you definitely will with that, you know, the shorter, shorter goalkeeper and like having to, to fight, not only that, but how people perceive you, you know, it's like fighting coaches' perceptions of a goal. Oh, I want a guy that's bigger. It only gets worse in the pros, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm considered short. I'm like sick. I'm, yeah. I'm not big. I'm, yeah. I'm smaller, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Steve, Steve, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this how much I think a lot of kids are going to be be able to take away from hearing you know you share your story with us uh means a lot to me personally I also want to thank you just on a very personal level um you know we were we were going through adoption you know you shared some of our story and you even kind of you even you know donated and, and helped us with that so I can't tell you how much my wife and I are thankful that you participated in our story of being able to grow our family like I mean that again we 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 told the story before that shows your character and then that like i i think you're awesome man and and i i don't know you personally but uh you know i'm i'm super thankful for the for the small exchanges that we've had and and for you will, being willing to you know invest back into some kids and developing and um sharing it with us i had i had such a great time you know so uh, you know tag me you know send us along I'll, I'll promote it and we'll you know hopefully get some you know listens and views for the kids so i appreciate you guys thank you so much thanks for listening to gk for free if you liked today's episode please comment like and share it with your friends also please give us a follow on our socials we'll see you soon